0: Welcome to The Closing Room, brought to you by Capital Title Insurance Agency. The Closing Room is an interview show where our guests are other professionals in the real estate services industries who all have the same goal, help the customer get to The Closing Room. I'm your host, Tom Lico, and my co-host today is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Capital Title, Lisa R. Hey, Lisa, how are we doing today?
1: Hey, living the dream, Tom.
0: (laughs) Good to see you, as always. Our topic today is property management. And I think we have the perfect person to talk about it with. So introduce our guest for us.
1: Great. Uh, Morgan Detfe is the director of property management for Rental Management One, which is part of the Real Estate One family of companies. As a certified property manager candidate with over 19 years of property management industry experience, Morgan is the expert when it comes to managing investment properties and rental hot button issues like fair housing and evictions. On a personal note, Morgan spent the first half of her life in Florida and is now here with us as a Michigander. She's married to her high school sweetheart, Dave, and is the mother of four girls.
0: Welcome, Morgan, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Uh, The mother of four girls, is that what she said? Yes. Holy cow. Maybe we can unpack that later in the show. Um, but right now we want to talk about property management and investors. And I was doing a little research over the weekend and saw that I didn't realize over 43 million rental households there are in the U S and about 40% of those, about 17 million are owned by individual investors, mom and pop investors, people like you and me that just own a property or two and, and rent it out for the side income. Uh, I didn't realize such a huge market out there. And then the other 23 million or 25 million. Is, uh, is companies, LLCs and whatnot. So tell us about Rental Management One and the type of, type of properties that you manage.
2: Sure, so like you said, there's a huge market of rental properties and investors and and they need us. So Rental Management One is a fee-based property management company, which means we are hired to manage properties owned by someone else for a monthly fee. Um, the company was created as an affiliate company at Real Estate One back in 2011. Uh, though real estate agents had probably been managing properties themselves for years, real estate one realized that the risk that comes with managing a property um, is probably not, uh, not a good idea to have agents taking that risk on themselves. So they decided to create uh, an arm of the company and that's how we came to exist. Uh, the majority of our portfolio is single-family homes, like you mentioned, owned by mom-and-pop investors. But we also manage multi-family apartment communities, vacation rentals, some commercial properties, and some HOA. Okay.
1: Do you uh, manage properties outside of Michigan, or is this just a Michigan operations?
2: We do not. We are a Michigan-based company. All of our property managers are local to the portfolios that they manage, which really enables them to be experts in their market. It also helps when it comes to building relationships with municipalities and inspectors. It's always good to be on their good side.
1: So having them local to the properties that they manage really helps. Are there services that you offer too to investors other than just managing the properties?
2: Uh, well, as far as property management, we are a full service company. So we handle everything from marketing the properties, screening the tenants, executing lease agreements, handling the security deposit, Collections and evictions, which that's a huge one. Um, Doing inspections, coordinating maintenance. Our goal is overall to reduce the stress that comes with investment properties. Uh, But also being a part of Real Estate One's home suite, we offer investors a one-stop shop. So Mm -hmm. if an investor wants to grow their portfolio, we can connect them with an agent, help them get mortgage and title on an additional property, even get their properties insured. So we really are a full service company that helps facilitate them, whether they're getting into the investment game, growing their portfolio, or when they want to get out, we can help them there too.
0: That's a that's a great avenue because, you know, if I wanted to get into that investment game, you know, own buy a couple of properties, I don't have the time to, or the wherewithal to help manage the property or have that midnight call, uh, you know, that uh, something's wrong or the toilet's plugged or what have you, yeah, exactly. furnaces out. So what, as far as the services, is it a menu of services? Like is it a la carte or is it a package? Like I can choose, you know, one, four and seven or how does that work?
2: Yeah, so each management agreement is personalized and looks a little different depending on the investor's preference. Some investors are more interested in just us finding tenants, screening them, and collecting the rent, and then just giving them the proceeds, and they handle the rest. While others, they want us to handle it all. They want us to pay their property uh, expenses, including taxes, insurance premiums. Some of them want us to coordinate and even perform maintenance on their properties. So um, an investor does have the option to a la carte the services for what they'd like us to handle. Um, It's sometimes even a very fluid thing that can change as their portfolio grows or shrinks. So so each investor you know can kind of uh, make a customized management plan for their properties.
1: Huh. Yeah. So I we've heard you know being in the real estate in and around the real estate business that the federal government has put a stay on foreclosures um, this year due to the pandemic. How has the pandemic affected rental management business?
2: So, yes, there currently is a federal ban on evictions that was issued by the CDC. The order temporarily halts evictions through December 31st. So this means that a landlord or a homeowner or any person who would typically pursue eviction for nonpayment of rent can't for a covered person out who is a covered person, while well, the CDC defines that person as someone who uh, is a tenant and has used their best efforts to gain gov- government assistance. Um, if it's a single income household, they can't earn any more than 99,000 per year. If it's a dual income household, they can't earn more than 198,000 per year. And uh, also they have to um, give a declaration that if they were evicted, they would be homeless, which is, you know, right is probably uh, the norm for someone that would be evicted. So to avoid eviction, the tenant has to sign a declaration provided by the CDC stating that they meet all of these requirements and then submit it to their landlords, which means in theory, if a landlord didn't receive a CDC declaration, they should be able to pursue eviction. However, that's not what we're seeing. It's still very difficult to get an eviction signed in many jurisdictions. Also, to make it even a little harder, as of October 22nd, a landlord had to sign a declaration uh, certifying that they did not receive a CDC declaration from a tenant, so they had to sign that, you know, the tenant has not notified them that they need assistance or that they can't pay rent or that they would be homeless. So um, then even after signing that, landlords are still not getting their writ for eviction signed. Some jurisdictions are just saying, no, we're not going to have any evictions done until after the 31st of December. Um, And the reason they're probably being so cautious is the penalties that come from violating that CDC order are pretty harsh. They're substantial. Um, You could be penalized with up to $200,000 fine and even do jail time for violating it. Um, You can pursue evictions for other reasons besides um, non-payment of rent, so criminal activity, health or safety hazards, or if someone is damaging the property, you could pursue eviction for that just not paying rent, which is the main reason that we, it's the main cause of most of the evictions in Michigan. So the pandemic has made things difficult for everyone. Tenants who are having trouble making ends meet with business closures and then just fighting the virus. And then landlords who rely on those rents to feed their own families and pay their own mortgages. So overall, you
1: know, it's definitely impacted our industry. Is there any type of recourse for the landlord in terms financially from the government, you know, for them to remain solvent?
2: Yeah, there is some help out there for landlords. Um, The PPP and Economic Injury Disaster Loan programs may be able to help landlords when they've received a substantial loss in rent. These programs represent the two largest um, efforts that were taken by Congress to uh, help landlords get some assistance. But also here in Michigan, we have the eviction diversion program, which was created to help tenants who fell behind by offering lump sum payments to landlord. In order to do that, you have to be willing to like waive some late fees and take 10% reduction in, in rent. Um, But on October 12th, uh, the Michigan State Housing Authority began taking applications from landlords for that EDP, um, and they were going to start with landlords who had three or more tenants who had fallen behind and were in pre-court eviction status. So landlords can find information about this online at the Housing Assessment Resource Agency, but also look under the CARES Act at different programs that are available for landlords.
0: So the the December 31st deadline, just curious, what are the odds, do you think, because we're living in a world of extensions, right? Yeah. Uh, What are the odds of that getting uh, extended? Because they'll say, well, we can't do it in January. It's the middle of winter. It's. Whether we will wait till, you know, March 15th, what do you?
2: I mean, the way things are going, it's very possible that gets extended, especially if we see like a state shutdown again, Um, you know, it's definitely possible that that would be extended. Even if it's not, um, another fear for property managers and I'm sure landlord tenant attorneys is how backed up courts are gonna be with all of these evictions that have been postponed to December 31st. So when you're able to actually get a writ signed by a judge, even after the 31st, you know, um, it, it's frightening. It could be, you know, months until you can get that signed. But, um, you know, um, we are hoping that our landlords take advantage of these programs and that, um, you know, we are able to reduce the numbers here in Michigan and businesses can stay open and tenants can keep working. So hope we're hoping for the best, but we are definitely preparing for the worst here. Right.
0: And, and who is it again that makes the decision that gave the original deadline and who could extend it? What? The CDC. So it was it's a
2: federal
0: CDC. eviction ban. Yeah. Okay. Um, switching topics. I have an interesting question. So my daughter, she's uh, in an apartment away at uh, college and one of her roommates wanted to get a uh, cat and you know, that says well, there's no pet policy. So what her roommate did is she went online and well, I don't know, paid 10 bucks, got this certificate yeah. that says it's an emotional support pet and uh does, does that work? Because, because first of all, my thought is, isn't that the whole reason you get a pet? It's for emotional support. Yeah, you know, no one's getting a dog to help with the herd or get the cat to chase <laughs> no, the mice out hard. of the barn. The whole purpose is an emotional support. So is that a, does that really work?
2: It's a great question. And um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we all have pets and we would all argue that they're for our emotional support, but, um, and this is a hot topic for property managers. We get this question a lot. I think it's important to define like exactly what we're talking about. Um, There are emotional support animals, which are defined by HUD as an animal that provides emotional support and alleviates one or more identified symptoms of a person's disability. And then there are service animals that are protected under the federal ADA. And that is defined as a dog who is trained to perform a task for a person with a disability. Here's my emotional support animals. (laughs) Um, But neither of these animals are considered pets, both and both require that exemptions are made to a no pet policy. So in addition to providing an exemption and allowing those, you cannot charge pet fees, you cannot charge additional deposits, you cannot penalize someone for having um, a service animal or ESA. Um, I always say when you're um, thinking about a service animal or emotional support animal think about someone who depends on oxygen and requires an oxygen tank. It's a piece of medical equipment, you wouldn't charge someone extra or an additional deposit to have that oxygen tank. So it's the same thing in theory. Granted, oxygen tank doesn't pee and poop in your rental house, but the <laughs> doesn't law ruin the doesn't. Carpet. Yeah, it doesn't ruin the carpet or you know bite up your blinds. But the law doesn't prohibit a landlord from charging a tenant for damages caused by their their emotional support animal or service animal. Okay. So just because you allow it doesn't mean that you know you have to take all the damage it brings too.
0: Okay. Now
2: those those letters that you talked about are going online and buying the certified you know <laughs> yeah. thing. It's a problem. It's a problem when, um, you know, someone legitimately has an ESA or right. service animal because, um, you know, people are going online and buying these certificates. So in January, the law got a little, little more strict for, um, for tenants claiming to have an ESA where they have to answer a series of questions and provide a note from a doctor who they're currently being treated mm-hmm. by to um, get those exemptions. Uh, to a no pet policy. So um, they are trying to help us decipher, you know, through the real ones and fake ones, but it is a, it is a challenge for sure.
0: Yeah. I guess they go on the website and you pay this fee and you fill this out. And then for another $20, you could be a Jedi Knight and perform wedding ceremonies. So it just seems a little yes. gimmicky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, funny
2: story. My, um, I, I, teach about emotional support animals all the time and um you know how I'm a big advocate for them when when they're actually needed we want people that need them mm-hmm. to actually have them but they're abused so much well my mom got a new dog and took this dog everywhere with her and she came over to the house and was like I can even take it on a plane now because I bought this little cart online and I was like mom what are you doing I I teach about this all the time and you're, you're doing it and you don't even need the emotional support animal so um, uh, yeah it, every everyone you know does it which makes it difficult to actually decipher for the people that need it, but it is uh, it is out there.
0: Well, I think kind of on a related topic too, we have with the legalization of uh, marijuana mm-hmm. and people using. Uh, obviously, if they're using edibles, nobody knows that. But if they're you know smoking marijuana, the, the the smell and that could you know get caked on the walls. I mean, what kind of uh, you know as a landlord, what can you restrict?
2: So that's another hot topic, obviously, um, with it being legal in Michigan both medically and recreationally, and it being regulated similar similar to alcohol. Um, many landlords get nervous about what they can say and what they cannot say to a tenant, and what they can prohibit and what they have to allow. And you're exactly right. If someone is using edibles, you know it doesn't affect the property, doesn't affect neighbors in a multi-family situation. So um, allowing them, you know, to use that, you probably wouldn't even know that they were using that. Um, but when when it comes to growing marijuana or smoking marijuana, um, landlords do have a right to prohibit in their rentals. Um, so, they uh, Governor Snyder signed uh, legislation that said private landlords can ban the growing, uh, distributing. Obviously. Um, and the uh, smoking of marijuana in the rentals, as long as it is stated in their lease agreement. So landlords want to make sure that they're putting that in the lease agreement and know that they can ban that. Um, if a tenant, you know, requests uh, an exemption to that based on a medical need under the Fair Housing Act, you want to, you know, review that, and you can always put in, um, to play some stipulations, like have to have the electrical done by, you know, a licensed electrician with a permit, you have to have proper ventilation installed and all that could be done at the tenant's expense. But if a landlord is absolutely against it, does not want it grown in their house, they can prohibit that.
0: So you really seem to know your stuff. Most of your career, looked looking on LinkedIn, you got almost 20 years of experience in property management. How did you end up in, uh, in this field?
2: So funny story. Um, When I was a teenager, I was working at Toys R Us as a cashier, made it through one holiday season and thought, nope, retail is not for me. So um, I had just turned 18 and was about to get my first apartment. So went in to apply for an apartment and they had a sign outside that said leasing agent hiring. So I applied for an apartment and a job at the same time, they interviewed me on the spot. I got the apartment, I got the job and I started as a leasing agent for um, a uh, local company uh, here in Michigan. And um, from there moved up from leasing agent to leasing supervisor. And then I was really interested in getting to know all aspects of property management. So I bounced around uh, at the same property, but in different roles. So I was maintenance coordinator and assigned maintenance requests, and really got to know the maintenance side of the business. Um, And then from there, got my own site, uh, got my own uh, property and uh, just stayed in the business ever since. I uh, thought in 2008 that I'd leave property management, get my uh, real estate license and try to sell. It's probably the absolute worst time to get a real estate license and try to sell in 2008. So I was quickly back into property management and been in the business ever since.
0: Wow, that's great. Now you, it says, or Lisa mentioned earlier, you're originally from Florida and ended up in Michigan. It's usually the other way around. Our previous guest, you know, started in Michigan and ended up in Florida. How did that happen for you? Reverse.
2: Yeah, so uh, I lived in Florida all my life on the Gulf Coast in a little town called Mm. Spring Hill, um, and Uh, My dad's job transferred our whole family to Michigan. And I was a very disgruntled teenager about it. And, Mm. you know, as soon as I turn 18, I am going back to Florida. The snow is not for me. And here I am almost 20 years later, still in Michigan. Um, I got married uh, senior year of high school. So I ended up staying for a boy and
0: uh, (laughs) met a guy. (laughs) Every great tragedy begins with. So I met a guy. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, great though. We're we're very lucky to have you. And then uh four girls. So my I just have uh one child, a daughter. Uh you have four girls. How do you stay sane?
2: Wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wine. I have three emotional support animals. <laughs> uh no my oldest is uh gonna be 18 next month and my youngest is nine so i have girls of all different ages in this house we have a lot of estrogen in here uh you know how's your husband deal with that yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's the real question is how does dad deal
1: with all that
0: right (laughs) that's too funny um well guess what it's time for our up close from a distance segment uh this is where we take a minute to get to know you a little better while maintaining our social distance. Uh, I'm gonna ask you 10 questions and I need the first answer that comes to mind and you have 60 seconds, you ready? Okay. First, uh, what is your favorite vacation spot?
2: Ooh, Clearwater, Florida.
0: Would you rather have a dog or a cat?
2: Dog all day.
0: Backstreet Boys or NSYNC?
2: Ooh, that is so tough. Uh, I'm gonna go NSYNC.
0: Uh, Full House or Saved by the Bell? Saved by the Bell. Uh, from one to ten, rate your karaoke skills. Eleven. Ooh, there's a challenge. Uh, spring, summer, winter, or fall. What's your favorite? Uh summer. Uh, what movie can you watch over and over again?
2: Ooh, oh gosh, Uh super bad.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, what's the last TV show you binged?
2: Uh, Ozark. Ooh.
0: Name something on your bucket list.
2: Mm. go to ireland
0: and if you see a spider in your house do you kill it or scream until someone else kills it
2: you burn the house down <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's here to move. all right well hey you got 10 for 10 uh so you do win our home version of the game uh, thanks, for, thanks for playing today uh i always find it ironic that i could watch groundhog day over and over again uh, anyway
2: oh my husband likes that one too <laughs> yes
0: but uh, thanks for being a great sport. Should any of our viewers be interested in learning more about what rental management one offers what's the best way to get a hold of someone?
2: Uh, check us out on our website which is rental management one one spelled out, dot com, mm-hmm. or you could email us rmo One rentalmanagementone.com. one.com We'd be happy to answer questions for you uh, We are online 24/7 so you can also chat with us through Facebook.
0: you know I, I just as you talk through some of the, the regulations I wonder how many mom and pop investors do they realize how much legal exposure they have by just trying to wing it and do it themselves without knowing uh, what rules they could be violating when it comes to trying to evict someone or even you know trying to get a tenant. I mean that's really you know, when you
2: have a when you have a great paying tenant and things are good you can't get away with being a DIY landlord for mm-hmm. a, a while. It's usually when things go bad is when they realized all along, they probably should have had someone looking out for their best interest. And especially during this pandemic, so many landlords were like, Oh, I'm so thankful that we had yeah. you guys because the laws were changing and the rules were changing weekly right. sometimes. So it was great to have someone looking into those things for them because they had jobs and families to worry about, you know, they couldn't worry about, you know, whether they're violating an eviction ban or, you know, what's going on. So it's definitely the time to have a property management company and have someone advocating for
1: your best interest.
0: We, now, Lisa, we've had Morgan do a con ed class, haven't we? Or have we done yeah, this I think or uh,
1: service animals, I think he yep. did for our masterminds group.
0: Yeah. Okay. Really that might be another good topic this winter, January and February, um, maybe doing a Zoom, just because you said a lot of laws have changed, things have uh-huh. changed. And uh And people don't realize that. And again, you know, I didn't realize those 17 million households out there that uh, that's a lot of people that uh, could be winging it.
2: A lot of liability.
0: A lot of liability. (laughs) Sure. Uh, That's our show for this week. We're taking Thanksgiving off. So our next episode will be on December 3rd. Thank you again, Morgan, for being our guest this week. Thank you. And also thank you to our sponsor, Capital Title, for making this possible. To our viewers, if you hang on for a few seconds, you can view our humorous meme of the week. And we hope to see you next time in The Closing Room.